My name is Nate Phillips, and I am the champion of J.I.W. After our debut episode of season four took the world by storm, the high, yeah, that's right, the highest rated premiere in J.I.C.N. history, and it's all because of me, and this is my confidant, the man closest to me. Hit him with a little bit of that bubbly buckles. Check us out on Journey Into Wrestling, where the podfather and I run down everything from the bingo halls to the brightest delights. If it's in between the ropes, it's on Journey Into Wrestling. Every other Wednesday on the Journey Into Comics Network. On Earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey into Comics Network. This is the Journey into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the chibi chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into comics today it's journey into comics 322 your host nate today joining me as the introduction said the pod master brandon stone how's it going my brother it is going i am here uh, on a glorious windy and uh, was a gloomy sunday then the sun decided to come out it has not shined on my spirit yet though oh well Hey, hopefully this man who we brought along with us for the podcast can shine upon your spirit and give you a little bit of extra juice and bubbly for your mood. Welcome back to the show once again, stepdad of the JIC. And we had last time we're going to keep that moniker going. Welcome back, T.Y. How's it going, my friend? Uh, I'm tired, but I'm I'm vibing. I'm just really just I'm really just vibing right now. Hmm. <laughs> and also, Nate, I just want you to know. It's a very special occasion uh, today because we're because we sure. we returned to live stream because I said why not because it was so close to the point where we would normally post the episode anyway so so that's what we're gonna do if, if we're riding it this close on a Sunday evening where we would normally post it we're gonna go live but of course the entire time that we were on on the call together pre gaming getting you know catching up just a little bit getting ready for the show the absolute moment that I hit the button. And tell you to 
you know, go ahead with the intro, man. Tell them who we are. Your internet decides to bye. <laughs> it just walked down on us, didn't it? Well, because there's such a delay now from when I talk to you and then you talk back. It is hilarious. It, 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 it's just is it, like, is it, it's really that bad? Uh, it's noticeable. It's it, it's noticeable. <laughs> but and then of course your your video froze. Like not your audio though, but just your video. So guys, bear with us. This is the internet age of doing podcasts. This is how we roll. This is what we do. So um, uh, we're just gonna keep on trucking and rolling on and doing the best we Speaking can. Speaking of rolling. I'm going to take the ball and roll with it. Uh, I've recently gotten into skateboarding a little bit, guys. I didn't tell you guys this before the show, but I've been At your taking Ollie to the skate park and, like, messing around with skate. Yeah, well, you know, let me tell you, there's a reason I brought this up because it's a funny story. We were at the skate park. He's, like, got this new toy truck and, you know, monster truck remote control in on the ramps at the skate park. He's like, here, Nate, hold my skateboard. So I just, like, set it down stand on it and start rolling. I'm not pushing. I'm just rolling real chill. Not a lot of effort happening. I'm not even putting in 30% like Dick would. I'm putting in like 5%. I look up and I notice there are people looking at me. As soon as I realize people are looking at me, the board comes out from under me and I smash on my arm hard as shit. I got this big lump on my, on my elbow here. Uh, fun. But then I was like, man, I'm going to learn how to do an Ollie. And I actually have figured out how to do it and that's been a lot of fun but yeah um i probably shouldn't be skating at 33 but okay, we're all probably you know i don't know i don't know what the future holds for everything in this world my friends it's been a bumpy 2020 this year or this year i'm sorry yesterday i went to the store and that took it out of me um i, I something pinched in my back and I was limping around the house like an old Ooh. man for the rest of the day. So yeah, that that was me uh, yesterday. Today, I I, I I do feel a little accomplished with some of the stuff that I've done. I, I've got a project that I'm working on uh, back here in the back, or at least I, I I'm attempting to to get an old controller working again. Um, other than that, I sat down, finally watched the last two episodes of Mandalorian because I was behind. And so that way we could talk about that today. But uh, Tyler, what's going on new in your world? Uh, I work seven days a week. <laughs> uh, nothing's really changed. Uh, I've been going on a, a fucking Gears of War journey with my buddy Andy. We, we just happened to be chatting it up one day. And he's like, you know, I've never played any of those, like any of them. And I was like, fuck it, man. It's 2020. Let's just do it. Let's do it live. <laughs> and uh, we've been doing it live. It's been fun. I L forgot how fun those games were. Those are all on Game Pass, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate's a great deal, especially now they also bundled in EA Play mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, so I, I over the weekend, or over, I guess, the tail end of the week, I downloaded Battlefield Five, which I didn't buy. Mm -hmm. uh, Battlefront 2 and Anthem I got all those for free so not for free obviously but for a fraction of Damn. what I would have paid for them brand new you know 
Well, actually, Anthem, you could have bought for a, a whole whopping 99 cents at Walmart. Just uh, I actually saw it at my local Walmart for 99 cents. <laughs> that's how that's how um, where the uh, how bad the the stock was that EA had put out uh, for that game. But uh, uh, Tyler, uh, just about a week ago in seven day, the big announcement, yeah. mm-hmm. Ma- the Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming to consoles. The rumor is. It's April something, April 20-something yeah. is when that's yep. going to be coming out. And it's going to be coming out for the current consoles, the PS4 and Xbox One, with an uh, update, so to speak, to take for enhancements, I guess, for, for backwards compatibility on mm-hmm. PS5, Xbox Series X. So I'm actually okay with that because I, I'm very well aware of what those games are and were and the amount of work that they that they got to put into them to get them to run, uh, especially Mass Effect 1. Um, I've heard they're doing a lot of work on that to help smooth it out and also do a, a kind of like a complete graphical overhaul with textures and everything. So it's going to be interesting. What you need. No, I mean, all of them need that, like essentially at this point. If you're going to do a remaster, maybe 2 and 3 could get by with just a, a smoothing over with some shaders and some ray tracing would be kind of cool. Uh, but Mass Effect 1 is such a... It's almost like you're you're damn near playing a late original Xbox game. Yeah. When you play Mass Effect One, uh, when you play that on the 360, they uh, they didn't quite have like like yeah, let's make a a, a shooter game that's kind of designed more for a mouse and keyboard, but but it's going to be on the console and and uh, uh, um, and then of course as you said, Gears of War came out and they saw that and went oh so that's how you make a cover shooter game. Mm-hmm. And then they like, all right, well, let's put that into Mass Effect 2. And that's exactly what, when you try to play Mass Effect 1, it is jarring. <laughs> if, oh, once yeah. you've played any modern shooter, it is so jarring because you're just like, this is terrible. This, you know, this game had better be count its damn lucky stars that I love this series this much because I'm going back to play this and drive around yeah. in that wretched Mako or Mako. It's Mako. Oh my gosh. Um, but. I'm super excited for that. Super jazzed. Of course, I am too. I mean, the new console's coming out. I mean, you don't have them, and Nate doesn't have them either. Uh, uh, at, at this point, I'm not. I, I, I might try a few more times online, but it, it, to this point, it's almost it's like futile. Why even try? All those people have bots, and they're just going and they're selling for two thousand dollars on eBay. I mean, there's going to be first come, you know first come issues with with both consoles. Don't don't blow vape in your Xbox Series X, guys. Yep. Don't do that. You beat me to it. Don't do that. Nate, did you see that? I saw those videos. Why are people such assholes? Oh, yeah, of course I did. I knew a meet. Listen, I'm too in on that culture to not know. As soon as those Xboxes started, I'm like, it's too dense, yo. That your fucking Xbox would have to literally be on fire internally for that kind of smoke to be pouring out of it. And obviously that's not the case. So people are clowning and I really hate it. I think that, um, you know, the whole console craze is, uh, and I said this off air, I think it's worth the wait. Just take your time, wait it out. You'll get a console. You'll be at Walmart at two o'clock in the morning one night and go, Oh shit, they've actually got 10 of them in stock and no one's around to stop me from purchasing one. There's not a line. There's not arguments happening. I'm not going to get stabbed to death over a fucking system. Correction. I'm going to just do it now. And correction, you're going to be at February. Walmart at two o'clock in the morning. I 
I'm going to be in bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. I saw something that hit home so hard. Okay, it was this whole story uh, going around on Facebook, this video about this guy going to the chiropractor and, and ripping ass and, and how he can't ever go back there again because he's embarrassed. Uh, it's a funny story, but there's a part beforehand uh, that set it up. For some reason, he included this part in it, and that's how a couple buddies his like, hey, man, you want to go out and have some drinks? He goes, you know what? I haven't done that in a long time. I, I am going to go. And he said he got ready about 6 o'clock, and they didn't show up until 10. And he said... He, he was kind of pissed because he's like, you know, I remember back, you know, back in the day, used to pregame at 10, get to the bar about 11. Because, but now if you even mention watching a movie before 8, I'm going to look at you like you're crazy because that's bedtime. That's night-night time. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where I am in my life. It, 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 I don't – dude, it's getting to the point where my – I don't even want to cook after 8 anymore. It's getting to the point where I'm looking at her. And, of course, you know, bedtime for us. Uh, now bedtime with the youngest one has changed because he's like, I don't need a second nap anymore. And we're like, please take a second nap. And he doesn't anymore. He will not. So now my podcasting days of going late time or any time past seven back here are over. It is done. So I'm working on a solution for that. <laughs> and that has just changed with this week. But so he goes to bed now at seven, the oldest one, eight, eight thirty. And literally there are times where I am finishing up cooking at nine thirty and I'm hating life itself because mm-hmm. I am like, I'm not in bed right now. And I'm pissed because We're, we it, started to eat dinner at like four thirty or like, <laughs> like four thirty in the afternoon. Like, dude, I call my mom like. Like, uh, normally around this time, I, I'd be calling her, and she'd be like, hey, um, just so you know, we're about ready to eat dinner, so can you wait like, about, like, 20, 30 minutes? And I'm just look, I'm like, it's 5.14 now, and I'm like, they're an hour behind us. I'm like, <laughs> that's that's, that's what my grandparents used to eat dinner. It was right before 5, around 5. They'd watch the 5 o'clock news. Maybe mm-hmm. dinner would be ready, or maybe it'd probably be ready before that. I remember, I remember Grandma getting dinner ready for when they would be in the field out there farming. And she'd be making hot ham and cheese sandwiches while Oprah was on at four o'clock. Shit, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm I'm almost there with you because it is to the point where I'm just getting too old for this shit. And um, and I stayed up till midnight, uh, freaking on on Friday night, and I shouldn't have. I'm I am a utter and complete fool. Okay, uh, because. I got roped in to a circle of hell on YouTube. I'm sure everybody knows what I'm feeling when you just watch something and then you, oh, here, here's a suggested, here's a suggested. And it was nothing but Price is Right videos. And suddenly, suddenly, I'm in, I'm in grade school, middle school, staying home from school, sick, watching Price is Right. And some of them are older. I, I watched a whole episode. From 2015, 2015, where it was an April Fool's one, it was a, it was the whole episode, and and the reason why I watched it is because Bob Barker did the whole first game and everything. He came back out of retirement, ninety something years old, ho- hobbling out there. It was you know they they didn't know he was gonna be there, and he did the whole thing. He gave away a car. It was really cool, and then I just sat there and watched the whole damn thing, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. And then I and then I looked at my clock and I'm like. Oh no. Now, 
before we get into some really cool stuff to talk about, I got to talk about something uh, uh, kid-wise, and, and and we're all dads here, so um, we're about ready to, to purchase something to lock my oldest child into sure. his room. He will not be able to leave his room at night. Does that oh, sound the the um Mr. Mysterious? No, I know what you're saying because the mysterious escaping drama you guys had a few weeks ago where you've had to adjust your cameras back an extra hour to see when he's getting up and getting out. Okay, so that um, hasn't stopped. And this is obviously has gotten worse. Yes. Uh oh. So two nights in a <laughs> row. We had two nights in a row of this shit. And this may sound kind of draconian to lock your child into his room. But quite literally, thankfully, he hasn't done anything bad like set the house on fire or try to leave the house. Mm-hmm. And quite literally, he could. But he won't listen. And that's the issue. So before anybody judges too much about locking my kid into his room, please, please, I don't want to do it, okay? I don't. But he's pushed us to this point because he won't listen. So... It, this story is kind of humorous. We were laughing about this behind the scenes, but we couldn't laugh about it in front of him. Because then you become an enabler. Exactly. So he woke up um, Saturday morning, somewhere about 6.20 or so, he got up, which isn't too terrible. I'm usually up around 7 on days I don't work. Um, this my, my own internal clock kind of like, hey, your back hurts now. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I, I got out of bed. Except for that night, of course, I stayed up real late. Well, he woke me up by, by shutting his door too hard. And it was after 7. And I'm, I'm doing... It's funny to watch myself on the camera afterwards because I realize, man, I'm old and I'm tired and I move like an old man sometimes. Turns out he was sneaking food into his room. He snuck two packages separately of fruit snacks. Okay. All right. And a little snack-sized crunch bar from the from the Halloween candy bowl. Got got to get the crunch. <laughs> All right. Got to get that midnight crunch. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is great. So I I caught him on the last time cuz what he does or what he would did cuz I'll just rewind it. He came out looked around of course all this is being captured on camera Mm -hmm. he goes into the kitchen grabs a pack of fruit snacks (laughs) as he's going back to his room shakes them so they are picked up by the camera's microphone you gotta air them babies (laughs) out they gotta breathe he goes into his room his room is his room is a or his bed is a platform bed now uh-huh. So it's like a buck bed, but underneath there's no other bed. It's like, um, like, like storage. A desk and stuff. Well, yeah. it was storage for like toys and stuff. He can get under there. If he stands up, he's going to bonk his head. It's not that tall. It's not a full bunk bed size. But like, so he gets up on the little nugget pieces. We have these little foam pieces of furniture that we put there in case he decides to just completely roll over the rail and fall out. Then at least he has something to land on. He stands on that, puts it, the snacks underneath his blanket. Then goes around to the ladder, climbs up the ladder, gets into bed, gets underneath the blanket, and eats the fruit snacks. <laughs> like with the blanket over his head. <laughs> he got underneath. He's like, um, 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 um. Oh, that's good. That's and then, good, man. And then he gets out, 
Please tell me you showed him the video. No, no. But 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 my wife Kate, she's gonna she's actually gonna edit these together and post them on TikTok and uh, yes. and add like circus music to it because he's running. <laughs> because, all right, so he climbs back down. He's got the wrapper in his hand now, and he runs he runs back to the living kitchen, puts it in the trash, and runs back to his room. And he starts getting toys out to start playing, and then he stands up. Runs back out of his room, back to the kitchen, gets another pack of fruit snacks. <laughs> runs up, run, he doesn't preemptively put him under the covers. He just climbs up the ladder with him. He's getting a little bit more brave. And this time, you, you think he's gonna hide underneath the covers, but he just, he just sits there and eats them. Okay, and then he's like, okay, he's done. So then he he climbs back down the ladder, runs all the way back to the kitchen. Now he's not being quiet. This is what woke me up. <laughs> Throws it away, comes back to his bedroom, shuts the door again, starts actually getting the Legos out to play and, and, and you know and do his thing. He then gets back up, runs all the way back to the kitchen, grabs a crunch bar. Gotta get that midnight crunch, I'm telling runs you. Runs all the way back to his room, gets underneath the bed now, and eats it under there. All right. Okay, and then he climbs out or crawls out, opens up his door, and runs back to the kitchen, only I'm standing in the living room. And he runs right by me. (laughs) And he gets by me almost to the kitchen, stops. He goes, I don't have anything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything. And so I just... Looking at him with my seven o'clock in the morning face, and I just hold my hand out, and he puts the crunch wrapper in my hand, and I go, Excuse me, sir. And he goes back into his room, shuts the door. And is what's funny is that on the video, you can see he's got his hand on his butt, like, Uh oh, I done messed up. So, about to get that whip. So I go and I place the wrapper on my wife's desk. This is evidence. Now I go into the bathroom where I sit down to do my morning business and I load up those other videos. So this is kind of almost like a Quentin Tarantino thing because from my point of view, this is that was the first. Now I go back and get the full story. Yep. And I'm trying not to laugh so hard oh. as I'm watching everything unfold. <laughs> and I I get done and now I know the full thing I go to his room I open up the door he's playing with his Lego he stands up and goes I'm sorry I'm like get in bed I'm so sorry get in bed <laughs> he climbs into bed I'm like you're gonna stay here until your mom's up and then I close the door, shut the light off behind him, and then I go tell her, and we're cackling in the like in the bedroom. Actually, we're <laughs> we're, we're muffling our own laughs as, as, as we're watching the videos together now. Is the blanket over your guys' head? <laughs> if they were, she, we have separate blankets because that's how we roll on a king size bed. She's got her side, yeah. I got my side. It's peace. So we have a very long discussion with him, 
And you know what his excuse was? His first thing was, dude, he poked his head out of his bedroom. We hadn't even gone to him yet because she would, she does her own morning routine. Mm-hmm. And he poked his head out, and I'm sitting in my chair, and I look over. He goes, I was hungry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Snacks. Snacks. <laughs> and so we had a very long talk about don't be sneaking stuff into your room. You don't leave your bed until that light is green. We have a, like a little Google light that is supposed to connect to it, like a speaker. But but we took the speaker out because he wouldn't stop touching it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's one thing if he's got to get up and go and pee. I get that. I actually encourage that. But don't get up. If you're going to do that, you got to go right back to bed until that light's green or until we come tell you that it's okay. Don't. Because my fear is, of course, the absolute worst. He's going to go to the kitchen and go, what does this dial do? Woof. You know? And start a fire. Uh, or grab a knife. Or, <laughs> or something. Something bad. Or like, hey, the front door. Cool. Uh, I'm going to open this up. And, and then, of we'll course. see what varmints I can let in. Yeah. Um, well, then today. He's up at 5.09, guys. The first video that gets captured in his room is him trying to put his fan back up onto his dresser. Because it's a box fan. And then I'm like, and then I'm watching. And I'm watching him, everything. And he, this time he goes to the bathroom. He gets the little claw. We have a little claw grabber, like a little gopher. um, To hold the poopy diapers. Yeah. For her to spray them off into the toilet for when, she, when we use cloth, he takes that into his room and he's playing with it. It's in his bed. It, it, he's trying to grab stuff with it. He pulled out the plunger. He keeps going back and forth from the bathroom to his room. Again, it wakes me up in the morning. <laughs> Again, it, and and I watch I watch it all before I even leave the room this time. So when I go to the bathroom, I don't even confront him. I just go to the bathroom and I shut the door and I sit down and I'm, I'm like watching a YouTube video or something. And this is the funniest video from today. He comes out. He sees that the bathroom door is now shut. He's like, shit. So he goes over to it and he turns the doorknob. Just, just turns it ever so slightly. And, and, I, and I stop my video and I'm doing the whole like my... My hands are on my knees, and I'm waiting for him to open up the door, kind of tapping my hand. But then he stops, and I hear the footsteps patter away. And I hear them patter back to his room, and he shuts the door. I go back and watch the video. He comes out, sees the door shut, goes over to it, stops, runs all the way to the window to see if I my car is home. And he instantly runs back to his room, shuts the door behind him, climbs up back into bed and under the covers like he's been there the whole time, leaving his light on. <laughs> You've got a uh, Wyatt is doing some Ocean's Eleven shit here, dude. He's trying to, but he's not that smart. And that that and that's why we are going to replace the doorknob and we're going to lock him into his room until we deem it necessary for him to leave. I know that seems awful. Like, well, then you just said about you're okay with him using the bathroom. He still wears a pull-up, guys. He's that's He doesn't feel comfortable not wearing one. So until we can get him to stop doing what he is doing and have him listen to us, he can pee in his pull-up for all I care. And the best part is, guys, him 
running back and forth from the kitchen back to his room, back to the kitchen to throw it away. And that main trash, he has a trash can in his room that we don't check very often. <laughs> he could have hit him in there. And we would have been like, oh, yeah, sometimes you let him have fruit snacks in his room when he asks. No, it would have been never the wiser. None the wiser. Yeah. So, guys. See, uh, and you're over there with the kid who, uh, you know, of course, we've got the time delay thing. So, I'm trying to not talk. He's got a kid over there who's trying to be sneaky and do the thing. And we got a kid over here who I'm unintentionally teaching to be sneaky. Uh, I got Ollie playing among us. Uh, Tyler's big into that game, too. And if you guys saw in the group chat yesterday, uh, there was some pretty things that happened at our house because Ollie sheepishly asks me, can we download Among on your computer and I'll play it on your phone? And I was like, I'll buy it on Steam, whatever, it's cool. So I get it. And we're like in the same room. First three or four games, he's like, I'm a crewmate. I'm a crewmate. I'm a crew. He just keeps telling me things. And then as soon as he gets killed, he's he's like, oh, purple killed me. And I'm like, dude, you can't tell me who's killing you because then I'll know. And then I can just immediately doesn't make the game fun. It's cheating. It's not fair. I don't want to be like that. We got to play right. And so we get into this game and I don't hear him say anything. He's just sitting there. Finally listening and not spoiling shit. Cool. And. I'm walking around in Skeld and I don't see anybody. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And then like, I'm like three tasks in. And the next thing I know, it literally just says defeat. And it's Ollie's little among us guy is the character who was the imposter. And he starts like cackling like a hyena, just laughing hysterically. Cause he silently killed everybody on the ship, but me. And left me alive. How sinister. He, he, he's like, if I kill Nate, he'll know how to tell him. I'm just going to kill everybody but Nate, and then it'll be great. So he literally baffled me. I've ne- I was stunned. Because I know thought it would be him. He just seemed like he was figuring the game out, man. So um, he's getting really good at it, and it's been a lot of fun. But uh, I don't think I have anything else in that world. Do we want to jump forward? T- Tyler, do you have a kid story you want to share? Not, not today. I'm doing shots. To... Just everybody out there, do I'm doing shots. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, mine, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Is, is this oh, how man. we kill the corona? Is that is that what he said? Um, or oh, no, wait, that was bleach. Um, do bleach, shots of bleach. Inject bleach into your veins. Yeah. <sighs> oh, like, guys. Well, like uh, I tell you. I don't know where you can go from here if you want to get an entertainment-based comic booky news, comic book, comic booky type news, or the like, or talk about the Mandalorian episodes that we've all watched. You guys feel like uh, kicking this thing off? Why? Well, I, I think, you know, I was going to pitch this. The last two episodes of the Mandalorian were so good, <laughs> and you know, I described episode three. Uh, to me as a literal wet dream. So I, I almost feel like I would be doing everyone a disservice by trying to break that thing down scene, scene for scene, because I was like a little kid on the edge of my seat. Like, Oh yeah, daddy likes this the whole time. 
It was pretty good. It, um, a lot of fan service, and that's kind of what they've been doing almost uh, like for the entire ser- uh, series at this point is just fan service. Um, I I've enjoyed this season so far. Um, what I will say that I don't enjoy about it, and this is just my personal flavor, I don't like waiting for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, when I and and I had this issue with this with 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 the first season as well. Uh the first season's really good. However, there are when you watch an episode and you wait, sometimes to me I don't know. I feel like while it's enjoyable to watch, for me personally, I'm not hyped to watch it. And I'm not sure why that is. I would rather be able to sit down and watch a couple episodes and and get my fill Rather than, oh, are you going to, like, literally people were bugging me at work. Why haven't you watched it? I'm like, because I don't care to, and now I don't want to watch it because you keep bugging me about it. You know? I'm having, like, an adverse reaction when people bug me to watch it. Because when I did watch it, I did enjoy it. But, I don't know. I don't feel like... I I, I want to see the full story play out, and I don't want to wait a whole week for another 30 minutes of my time. The, the, well, the, and that's... In the first episode, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tyler. The first episode was no, right. really long, and I actually liked that. Um, but they've been kind of getting a little shorter. Um, I when the when the series premiered for season two, we we sat down and rewatched season one, and I enjoyed it a lot more rewatching it than I enjoyed it watching it. And that's because I could sit there and digest it all as a one big long story movie esque. And whereas the episodes that were like, this is an episode or adventure of the week type deal. I didn't enjoy those as much. And I've said that um, to other people last year, like, yeah, the, the three in between episodes, I didn't like them nearly as much as I liked the other ones that were a little bit more plot heavy. Um, This time around episode one was entirely a side quest. Episode two was a side quest leading to the main one. And we were actually getting, we're, we're, we're inching closer, if you will, to the Mm -hmm. meat of the story. Now, I'm being critical of it just because it's my own flavor of how I like to digest media. I'm now spoiled. I have been spoiled by the here's the entire thing, go and watch it all kind of deal. And then I feel like I can watch it at my own pace. Whereas if it's like, here's a, here's an episode on Friday, uh, watch it and wait a week. Sometimes when I wait, I I get less hyped and then I'm not hyped to watch it. Until I, like, I, as I said, I waited until, until I had two, and we sat down and we, went, and we watched two, and it was awesome because it just bled right into the next part of the story, and now I have to wait for the next one, which the nugget of which they did give us is enough for me to want to be hyped to watch the next one, but sometimes the nugget isn't enough um, to bleed in. Like, sometimes when you watch a uh, any of the new documentary styles that they do, uh, whether it's on Netflix or HBO or anything like that, where it's broken up into episodes, and they, the, I, I, I've noticed a trend. They did it with like with a McMillions, or and they they did it with uh, the pharmacist. They did it with um, uh, Tiger King. When you got to the end of the episode, there's always a big kind of a, a wrinkle in the story that kind of like kept you like, oh, I gotta watch the next one right now. And I feel like. I don't know. Is it just me? No, I that that's where I was going to jump in and say 
you know, through through the first season, Nate and I broke down every episode except maybe one, I think, like under a microscope. We put every episode except maybe one underneath a microscope. And I think collectively, you know, Nate and I agreed that though the runtimes were okay, we especially, you know, it's now 2020, we're spoiled by Game of Thrones and The Sopranos and Spartacus and and all these these fantastic, you know, five, six, seven long or season long series that every episode is minimum 50 minutes. Yeah. So when, you know, and I, I talked about it when when Nate and I uh, went over episode one or the, 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 the season premiere for season two, I loved the, the episode length. It, I thought it was perfect. You know that that fifty two fifty four minute yeah right in that fifty two minute mark yeah yeah it's it's perfect I I don't feel like I'm sitting down to watch a short movie but I also don't feel like I'm sitting down to watch a long like a really really long drawn out TV episode mm-hmm. you know it, it just it just feels good and then you know you get into episode two and for me it's it's uh. Like episode two is a fucking whirlwind of emotions for me because it's now like as a kid, episode one, seeing the crate dragon, uh, there was a lot of expanded universe novelizations when I was a kid that involved crate dragons. Yep. Uh, and it, that was cool. And then you get into episode two with the, the knobby white spider uh, and Shazam, I'm back to being a kid again. This thing is terrifying. Now I'm seeing it in real life. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I get that. Oh God. And they played off so well on screen. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was like watching star Wars meets aliens and we have always wanted that, you Mm -hmm. know, at at least the aliens fans have, you know, we've, we've always wanted that, those two universes to merge and and cross over, but Skyler and I were watching it and you know, the credits rolled and we both looked at each other like, are you serious? 34 minutes. And 10 minutes of that is the goddamn credits. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the credit sequence, though. Uh, I, do too, I do, too. I'm, with, not, with, I'm not complaining about with, that. With all the concept art that they that they end yeah. up going, uh, pulling out and doing. And then, of course, like that, that, that that's the only time where you actually get to hear the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, for real. Unless they play it during the actual show. Um, I just kind of feel like while I understand what they're going for. Visually, the show looks on par with anything that we've seen in in any of the films. Musically, it's it's there. I get what we're going for for this kind of story uh, of like this is gonna be like like a five season story that they've kind of said that it's gonna be for the Mandalorian, uh, and, and they're gonna be like eight episodes, and then like each season's gonna be like because because they're all chapters of a story that 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 we're gonna be getting. And that doesn't necessarily always mean that each chapter or each season is like a book. It's going to be like from season one to season five, we're going to get one long. This is his, this is the story of this guy with this kid, you know, and it's, and it is inspired by a lot of older um, uh, spaghetti Westerns. And while putting that into the star Wars universe, just like, you know, in the same vein of when George first created Star Wars, where he took a lot of uh, uh, Greek and Roman mythology and merged that um, with sci-fi to tell these stories of 
of of these legends of these characters and created a story that was inspired by that with a little bit of Flash Gordon with a little bit of you know samurai with a little bit you know all of it baked in and so we're getting that with this world and while I'm thoroughly enjoying it there's also I don't know it's hard for me to be hyped for it each and every single week and I don't know why and maybe it's like what Tyler said with me being spoiled by episode length. Maybe it's I can't digest it the way I want to. Maybe it's just like when it comes out and we're like, hey, are we going to watch it? It's all a matter of like, well, how does the day turn out? Like like when episode two came out uh, Friday, it never really worked out for that entire week. Did we have time? Could we have made time for it? Yes. Did I feel like it was a priority? No. And it, and. The only reason why I watched... Brando, I think I know what it is. What is it? Well, okay. So, I want you, uh, we're going to equate this totally different. We're not talking about Star Wars or anything like that. We're going to talk about thirst. Quenching your thirst, okay? Okay. If you walk into your kitchen and you go to turn, and you go to turn the water on <clears throat> and you just want a big-ass glass of water and it's just dripping one singular drip drop of water out... You're going to get really annoyed that you got to wait a long time to get your thirst quenched. But if you turn around immediately and look and there's a Pepsi in the fridge that's unopened and it's cold and all you got to do is crack it open and chug it. It's like the Mandalorian is the yeah, there you go. The Mandalorian is your sink dripping a little tiny dribble of water out at a time. And it, it's gonna, a lot of patience to get to where you want it to be. And yes, there's great qualities in water. It's the healthiest, greatest choice you can drink. However, there's a breaking bad motherfucker in the fridge and all I got to do is crack it open and blow through a season like it ain't no thing or go watch Stranger Things in the same kind of token. Well, the, and the other bit was, as I said about season one, um, the story, the overall story kind of stops for at least two episodes. Uh, the, the episode where he helps out the guys. Uh, yeah, it totally pivots. For that, uh, you know, on that, on, the, uh, on that prisoner ship. And then there's another one in there. Um... Or on like or on like like on on, uh, on Tatooine, and some of that stuff is world building, and the and and we do revisit it, and that's good. That's why I feel like well, by the time we get to the end, this is going to be an awesome five series or five season story that you can sit down and really dive into, and you're getting a lot of nuance and a lot of fan service. But I feel like sometimes in the episode, we're getting fan service. And we're getting a little bit of story, and sometimes I feel like for story, it's not moving as fast as I want it to move on to the next thing. And instead, we're we're focused on this thing right here for now, and that's cool because none of the episodes that I've watched, even those ones that I've critiqued in the first season, are bad episodes. In fact, as I said, I enjoyed them more on on on, on the second viewing, knowing when the story picks up again. So I could kind of mentally kind of tell myself, it takes a break here. Let me just enjoy this for what it is. And uh, when you but when you combine that with a weekly series and you're not getting that that thirst quenched, like you said, Nate, it almost kind of makes me a little frustrated. Like, I want the story to continue. I want to see where it's going. And the show is like, well, we're going to do it. We're just not going to do it when you want to. And I'm like, there's only eight episodes. And then we got to take a break. And in a way, I'm also not happy knowing there's only eight episodes because now I know there's only five more to go for this season. And I'm like, we have five left guys. How long are these episodes going to be? 
what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? And see, like, they ended the first season the best way that they could do for a Star Wars super fan. Mm-hmm. By giving you a look at something we've never seen in, in a live action setting, and it, and it got called back to on, on, on like in episode three directly. <clears throat> Meanwhile, my wife who's watching this with me has no fucking idea what this thing is. Zero. I had to go in and explain to her what it was, and then she looked at me like, just like with anything. Whether it's a joke or or something, if you have to over-explain something, now it's suddenly, well, this like the impact isn't there. Um, so I I feel like this show is powerful. I mean, the show is palatable for everybody, it, it, especially for us longtime diehard fans, and it's tying into stuff that happened in Clone Wars, which is really exciting for Episode Three. For anybody who watched Clone Wars, that kind of came back around here, and it, like, and it's going to happen again, hopefully next week. But it's just a matter of like, um, had had season one not ended with the dark saber, I would have been like, yeah, this was cool. But with the dark saber, I'm like, ha, ah! yeah. So like, I I don't know. I I I feel like there's a balance, just like with the force. There's a balance, and uh, so far, the show doesn't always meet that balance for my taste yeah. personally. It's good, but it's good. It's so good, and it's so well-directed, and it's so well-shot, and it's so, like, when the story's together, it's there, and it's nice, and it's cool. I don't know. It's this weird thing where I am. where I am. I will say. Go ahead, Brando. Sorry. It's this weird thing where I'm simultaneously loving it and also, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't dislike it. Well, that's, that's the thing, too, is... Um... You know, this year, The Witcher uh, TV show came out mm-hmm. relatively around the same time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, like December. It was like right after, it was almost right when Mandalorian, it was like a week before Mandalorian wrapped up. Because yep. uh, we didn't actually start watching Witcher until, um, uh, it was like right near the end of, of like Christmas. It was like like around New, New Year's or something like that is when I started watching it. But yes. Uh, it, it suffers from a lot of the same problems that the Mandalorian does in different ways. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest complaints about season one of the Witcher was the, the time jump timey wimey and then no explanation stuff. Yeah. Well, anybody, it's hard any, to follow. Yep. Anybody who's read the books or played the video games was totally aware of what was happening the entire time. But if you, if you have no, like if you're not grounded in, in, in the, the 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 precursors to all the video games, then you don't have a fucking idea. Yeah, but it but it was still incredible. Yeah, but it struggles just like the Mandalorian has. You know, there's there's a lot of things. Bryce Dallas Howard uh, directed episode three of season two of the Mandalorian. Personally, uh, I like it way better. Beat me than, to it, Ty. Than than the first episode that she directed in the series. And if you go back, I'm pretty sure don't don't quote me quoting myself, but I'm pretty sure that Bryce Dallas Howard's episode in episode one was one of my favorites. But I, I mean, it, it's it's the Mandalorian is going to continue to suffer as long as we put it under a microscope. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's hard. That's that's hard, and it's not necessarily the right thing to say, uh, because we should we should be super subjective and uh, critical of 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 what we of what we decide to occupy our time with. You know, I, I've went on the whole times a finite resource bullshit for fucking ad nauseum. You know, um, the important part of the Mandalorian, I think, is that. It still hasn't peaked. Yeah. It still it still has room to improve on every episode, every season going forward. They can continue to build and and you know, maybe the second half of, of season two, the episodes are all longer. You know, I don't know. I haven't seen anything uh, you know, pretty quickly episode or season one, we had the the runtimes, I think, pretty quickly. Yeah, we did. I haven't I haven't seen those for, for season two. So, you know, who's to say that all the things that we're bitching about or or not necessarily bitching about, but, you know, all the things that we view as flaws, maybe maybe those get uh, rectified here pretty quick. And, you know, and maybe so. Uh, and, you know, because I, I do want to reiterate, like, don't 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 mistake my my negative tone for overall um, disenjoyment or like because because I don't I, I do thoroughly enjoy it. I'm. I'm just not maybe shouting from the rooftops, you know. I, I'm sitting here, I'm having fun watching it, and and everybody's doing a good job, and and and, and the stories, it's clicking where it needs to click. There's just little nuances, and um, maybe it's because it's Star Wars, maybe it's because it's the episode length, you know. But that was my biggest criticism of that, and then the then like the the plot drop off maybe for 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 season one was my biggest complaints. Uh, where I felt like for the amount of time that we spent with the show, the it's like we 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 started. He left. We had a a break in the story, kind of, and then we basically had to go back to finish it. Where it's like, okay, this was weird. The breaks. I mean, that stuff's cool. And here we are. I feel like it's a little bit more even this time around because we're not diving right into the super big plot of it in the beginning, and we're hopefully going to mm-hmm. be like building to that instead of like, and I understand like for first season, they need to grab you. They need to get you, grab you, suck you in and then let it lull and then bring it back up. So maybe this one is It will be a little bit different. Um, but I will say so far, uh, I, I agree with Tyler episode three is as awesome as episode one was with the crate dragon doing all that stuff, doing more stuff with the, with the Tuscan Raiders, the sand people that we've never got to see that, like the only things that we've ever that we've ever done is see them like raise this and do that and get slaughtered by Annika Skywalker. That has been yep. that has been <laughs> the most of what we've had for Tuscan Raiders, or trying to negotiate with them with HK forty seven and HK at every turn, being like, "Can we please kill them all now, Master? This is mm-hmm. grating on me entirely. <laughs> this is getting nowhere, sir." <laughs> So, but but to get to actually spend time with them and see them as people, humanize them, I guess in a way. Yeah, I think that's important. Uh, so, episode three. Yeah, finding these Mandalorians that are like, let me take my helmet off, and he's like, ah, don't! Oh, how how dare you? What did you say? Like, I I saw somebody post this somewhere. I don't know who shared it. Could have been one of you guys, but it was like. You know, I need to find other people like me. 
Every time Mando finds other people like them, I'm going to fight you! (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Anyways, no, it's it's good shit. I'm really enjoying it. I like the callbacks. Uh, It's episode three. I love how they name drop Ahsoka. We're getting live action Ahsoka in this series. There's been all kinds of rumors of what they're going to do later on, uh, which, I mean, that's just going to, you know, We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but now we there's also rumors that they're going to do a standalone Boba Fett story that spins off from this. So we get to see his I thought, his I thought it was confirmed. Is it confirmed? I'm it is sure confirmed. confirmed. I, I, I wasn't sure if it was confirmed or if it was from we got this covered or, or, or what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the thing that's a little bit interesting about the Boba Fett series is apparently it could be out before season three of Mandalorian. And I know Tyler shared that with us uh, like a week or two ago. That is really interesting to note, but it isn't really surprising considering they seem really driven in what they're trying to do at Disney plus continue to create new content. And you want that wheel to really churn. And when you know you can do it successfully, like they have been doing it with Mandalorian, it's not really that hard to say, well, let's get the gears turning for our Boba Fett series. Let's know where our story is going to go. You know, maybe in two seasons, we'll get a Mandalorian Boba Fett full blown crossover. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one thing I want to say that's really great is Bryce Dallas Howard delivering like probably the best episode of Mandalorian we've had so far. There were so many amazingly shot scenes within that episode that I was just like the camera work, the just the angle she shoots at is brilliant the cinematography of all of it all just blew yeah, I, me away i was huge huge I re- fan i really really appreciated her uh perspective changes you know point yes. of view mandos troopers mandos just just the way that they they cut and transitioned from point of view to point of view was was great camera work um when he throws the bombs at the stormtroopers when he slides and there's like a shot where she took the troopers and turn them on a diagonal. And I was just like, that's so fucking star Wars. Oh, like I was just about it. And like, this is the great. And I, here's the thing. When I was watching the episode, I didn't have any fucking clue who was directing it. So at the end, when it's like, you know, and then like, it's her name. I was like, holy shit. That was incredible. Like, yeah. give me more of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think, uh, um, especially with her dad's involvement. And now, you know, while we're talking about Star Wars, the the Solo Two stuff with uh, Mister Howard coming back, a lot of that discussion has been ramping up the last two or three weeks. At least from what I've been reading, um, I think that even if we don't get Solo Two, something that I would like to see going forward, I would like to to see. I would like to give Bryce Dallas Howard a little bit more of the reins of Star Wars, and just let her just see what happens. You know, because she's she's killing it as far as I'm concerned. Every time we get a little piece of nugget of... And what's the worst that could happen? Anytime that we get a little look at what's going on with the Empire, mm-hmm. I absolutely love um, the juxtaposition and how everything looks clean and looks imperial when we're dealing in a, a somewhat almost post-imperial galaxy. It's supposed to be, and yes, but I but I love it because it it's almost like I want more. I want to see more of what's going on internally with the empire, with this pocket yeah. that's out there 
with Moff Gideon. I want to know more. I want to see more. Also, I marked out just a tad, just a tad, when he's trying to land on the heliport or, or on the landing pad. And, like, mm-hmm. he almost does it and then messes up and goes into the bay. And there's the Mon Calamari, like, <laughs> and then and, and then it goes to the to the Mandalorian. It's almost like the intro was like just like trolling them. Yeah. <laughs> Ru- Ruby was like, "Oh, Mando, you're supposed to land on the thing, not in the water." But then they have a walker, a crane, it made the same sounds. Yeah, with the, it's like a crane walker. That's a that works in the docks, and th- I thought that was so cool using the same kind of technology for just real everyday stuff. And I'm like, this is that is some of the coolest stuff that we've seen so far. Yeah, that is just a little little thing. It doesn't mean anything to anybody else, but to me, it's like that is something really cool. And also, we're jumping all around with these two episodes, guys. Did it make you feel? humorous or like almost sadness or just ungodly fear of when the child keeps eating the eggs of an endangered species. Uh, I was uncomfortable. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) Hey, what I will say, baby Yoda is on to that galaxy stem cell research. Okay. What I will say, while he's eating the little soft <laughs> eggs, the mom never takes count. So oh, at one time, at least she seems to be somewhat cool with it, or at least she's unaware. It's like she doesn't really know how many she's had, and he took just enough of fries. I lost. Oh, well, we lost Nate. Damn we have it, completely Nate. lost Nate. What in the heck is going on here? We're going to switch this over here. But no, he never really actually takes stock of of anything that's kind of going on uh, with those eggs. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I loved the, I loved all of the stuff with the X-Wings as well. Here, we're, here mm-hmm. we're going to put Nate back in, admit. Are you back, sir? There we are. I'm back. We are back. Hopefully this is better and less glitchy now. That's weird. Ah, uh, well, you know it happens. It's 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 the modern podcasting age, folks. Uh, this is uh, you listen to some of the biggest podcasts out there, and they're having the same issues. So it is what it is. Um, also, I, I'm not sure if you actually saw the title of the live stream, Nate. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see okay. it. Okay. Because, okay. Typically, guys, when we do the show, we don't, uh, we come up with the name of the, like the title of the podcast in the show. It almost keeps it fresh and it guarantees that we're never going to call the same podcast something twice. Um, however, true. For this one, when I asked Nate, when you go live, you almost have to, like, you have to name it something. And, uh, he goes, oh, it's we got this going on. We got Mando. We got these headlines. It's going to be a hodgepodge of blah blah blah. So I named the episode "Hodgepodge of Blah blah." <laughs> <laughs> I even typed out "Blah blah." 
So that may not be the that may not may or may not be the the, the ending uh, title or the final title. So I don't know what what more to say about Mando. Uh, I like the interaction. I can't remember her name now. I just watched it, but uh, the gal from Tan? yep yep book yep, and you know she's from from Clone Wars, and she's like, "Where's the dark saber? Does he have it?" And the dude's like, "Well, I mean, if you're asking, then you already know." <laughs> and she's like, and then she's like. Where were the other guns going? <laughs> He's like, he will if you. Why would kill me, Joker? <laughs> and he's like, you may let me live, but he won't. He's like, where is he? Where is he? And he's like, <laughs> instead of cyanide caps, it's little caps that electrocute him. <laughs> That's metal as shit. That's how they do it in the Empire. They do it live. Oh, man. That is... <laughs> he rode the lightning for sure. Yeah. Doing it live in the Empire should be the episode title. Did you guys... Off topic. I just saw this. Uh, but Go ahead. So, sorry. Uh, off topic. The, uh, at Walmart, they have Monopoly for, for Millennials. Did you guys see this? No. Monopoly for Millennials. And... Uh, I'll, I'll put this right on screen. It's like you know, old old money bags. Where he's wearing uh, uh, sunglasses. He's got a cup of coffee, and he's got uh, earbuds in. And there's no meat sign. There's uh there's bicycles, and it says forget real estate. You can't afford it anyway. That's on the box. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good. He ain't wrong. <laughs> no, but all in all, guys, oh, I am happy. Uh, I wanted to bring. T- oh, d- d- despite everything I said, I am happy with the Mandalorian, and I'm happy we're getting it, and I'm and I'm excited for even more stuff to come down the pipeline. That's all I got to say on it. Put a bow on it. Okay. Well, let me try to throw this in internet is trying to kill us this week and i'm all out of sync with you guys which is really unfortunate because i felt i feel like we still are going to have a really great episode regardless of all the technical issues but i have a new segment i wanted to bring your guys attention and i only have two of them today but i want to bring this new segment up it's called new ones it's about number one comics that just drop in the ether uh and i've read them and these are books that, as of right now, both books I am going to be pitching that I think we should maybe start following the series on the show and get you guys reading them as well. Uh, the first book I'm going to talk about is called, and I don't get cross when I say this, but it's literally called Crossover. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, Crossover is written by Donnie Cates, whose name should be familiar if you've yep. been listening to our show at all, because he was Ghost, Cosmic Ghost Writer's writer. Um, book and it is an image comic that just came out in July uh, or issue one came out not in July when did it? November was the first issue so it just just came out essentially in this world uh, this is the synopsis of issue one in 2017 the city of Denver was invaded by fictional superheroes and supervillains fighting each other causing destruction and death until a superhero created a force field around the city Five years later, most of society has rejected those characters. Ellipses Howell is one of the few people who believes in those characters. She works for a comic book uh, store located in Provo, Utah, until one day her boss Otto spots Ava, 
a fictional character who somehow got evacuated from Denver's dome. This alarms a group of mob, uh, a group of fanatical mobsters uh, who are Protestants led by Shepard Lowe, who forces his son Ryan to drop a Molotov cocktail against the shop. Ava reveals a figure helped them escape whom Ellipses and Otto recognize as Superman. Now, the one thing I really love about this book is, and you find out as you're reading it, is that every hero and character that has ever existed in comics is in that dome. They are all in that dome, in that world, fighting and battling and all this crazy stuff is happening. And as we learn, Superman is shepherding people out of the dome. They are children who their parents are superheroes or supervillains in there and they're fighting and losing their lives. So the really cool thing about the people who escape are they look like pop art. Everybody else looks like the con, but it's old school pop art. So they've got the real bright dots on their face that make up their color and everything. The book is very interesting. And uh, I'm going to actually literally for the purpose of and this is why i wanted to bring it up the final page is him writing a little uh, letter to his fans so this is from danny K- or donnie cates and i'm going to read it here live on the show it's a little bit small so i gotta get close uh it says this six years ago i almost died i won't get into specifics i've talked about it here and there on various podcasts and interviews if you want to hear about it i'm sure you can find it long story short i was hospitalized and for the first time in my life i truly thought i wasn't going to make it out of there alive and when i finally did i had a lot to say about the nature of death and family and legacy and all those feelings were channeled into a book called god some of you may have read it i thank you all for doing so the book truly changed my life until well just recently i kind of almost died again found myself hospitalized this past summer and for a brief moment there i thought i wouldn't make it out again except this time when i got back on my feet it was different i didn't want to talk about death anymore oceans of eternal darkness that have perpetuated so much of my work these last few years time i awoke wanting to talk about things i loved things that made my life worth living I wanted to make something that captured the excitement I felt as an 11-year-old, rabid and huddled in my room, reading dog-eared copies of Young Blood and Wild Cats and Spawn and Savage Dragon. In short, I wanted to make something big and bombastic, but also small and intimate and connected to a larger, almost infinite world filled with stars that, man, I'm still pinching myself that we get to play with. I will cross over, and now... All these years later, here it is. It's been insane, and honestly, I have no earthly idea if this book is going to work. Just so damn happy I, I'm still here to try. Donnie Cates, Austin, Texas. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, his book, yeah, his book it is really cool. I'll put it in the Dropbox for you guys to check and peep out and, and get an idea on if you like it or not. Now, another book I want to talk about is a Marvel-specific book. It's going to pop Tyler's ears a little bit because Taskmaster number one just came out recently, and it is the dorkiest, goofiest, greatest comic I've ever read. It does itself seriously while taking itself almost too seriously. It is witty. It is comedic. It has some real backbone and the whole story is like taskmaster's trying to get out of the game he doesn't want to be that guy anymore he's he's actually doing like private parties for kids and stuff like trying to just like make a living and get by and um 
Oh, yeah. And he still comes dressed up as Taskmaster. And there's a whole bit about it. And he's like, listen, when you have the greatest skull in supervillain history. Oh, yeah. Better than Red Skull. I'm looking at you. You got to show it off, man. You know, so he's like real comedic and whatever. But the interesting thing is he's constantly being hunted by Black Widow. And that's where the story really picks up. Why is she hunting him? You don't know yet. You don't know the story. It's a real it's like a cat and mouse type story. There's a couple other number ones I downloaded with the intent to read for this, and I'm going to probably save them for next episode. Um, Rorschach number one just came out recently. He's got yes. his own spinoff. Yes. Power Rangers number one just came out. Mighty Morphin number one just came out. And this one that I know I'm going to pop both you guys, Dark Multiverse Batman Hush, where Batman is Hush Batman. Yeah, yeah sign me up. So those are books I'll be reporting back to soon. I think that both Crossover and Taskmaster are unique in their own styles, totally different from each other, and worth your guys' time to check out. That's all I got for that one. Um, I know as far as comics, while we're doing our live here, Bill O'Reilly style, um, you know, I'm, I might not know what this means, but uh, I really want to do the major symbiote events when we – when we have time to like really sit down and digest, you know, because um, between absolute and maximum carnage, there's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Well, there's minimum carnage. There's maximum carnage USA. There's Mm -hmm. spinoffs for that series. I was just meaning like the, the big, big ones. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, obviously I'm about reading anything symbiote related. I'm sure Brando feels the same sentiment. I'm going to throw this to you guys. There's a couple things in Marvel's world we were just talking about. I want to throw at you guys. Did you guys hear about Thor Love and Thunder? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big Chris Pratt. Star-Lord making his bigger rumor than just Chris Pratt, though. Go on. They have now pegged that it is they haven't officially confirmed it i would say within the week we'll get the confirmation maybe as early as tomorrow it will also be vin diesel reprising his role as groot oh awesome in love and thunder so we'll get a couple of the guardians maybe bradley cooper as well they haven't said that yet but they have said um all signs are pointing to vin diesel making his return as Groot for love and thunder so that's pretty awesome I've got something pretty big that I wanted to talk to you guys specifically about. Uh, it's it's back in the realm of video games. What do you guys think about the uh, $30 million loss that uh, Square Onyx is reporting uh, because of uh, Marvel's Avengers? It really didn't catch on as the multiplayer game that they were hoping it was going to. And uh, I, I'll be honest with you, that is one of the reasons I actually stayed away. I haven't bought the game. Uh, after after hearing about the game coming out and hearing about how the game is geared uh, to be a little bit more grindy than what I want to do, I still haven't bought the game. Because on one hand, it's the, it, on one hand, it's, it's, it's the grindiness. On the other hand, it, it's the a lot of the game was geared towards the multiplayer effect. And, and I completely understand why. Because they're trying to kind of capture the same essence of what they used to have on like the Ultimate Alliance games. And I completely get it, uh, maybe because the a part of the allure of the Avengers is the team aspect, working together, doing things together. They are a team, and I get it. 
but I just I don't know the it's hard for me to comment on it directly because I don't own the game and I know Nate does so I'll let him here in a second but it is kind of sad that the game didn't make as much and I know Tyler you and I decided to sit it out or have done so I it's not this to the point where I don't want to not play it eventually my hype for it dwindled as the release date got closer and I started hearing more reviews about it. Not that it was bad, it's just not really up my alley for what the kind of game that I wanted to play. Um, and Which was the exact opposite of what happened with Spider-Man when that game was coming out. I did not pre-order it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll get it eventually. And quite literally as the days kept inching closer, the hype for it for myself ended up getting bigger to the point where I did go get it on day release. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Avengers game is concerned, honestly, the gearing it towards multiplayer was a mistake because they had so many problems right out the gate that they lost people immediately. And you're not going to get people back. If you're, if you send a broken product out, it's going to deject people and they're not going to be interested. So mistake number one, mistake number two is they've had to consistently exactly. And you have to look at, they've had to consistently fix the game with patches. They've got like 22 patches that have been released or some shit now for the new Marvel Avengers game. And it's like, sure. There were some things that they couldn't have predicted or anticipated that were glitches that only could be found on a large scale once it was to the masses. But there's other stuff and basic just they had to change the price point for all of their gear because they thought they were going to make some exorbitant amount of money on microtransactions and people aren't into it because it's shit you can unlock for free if you're patient, you know, so it's just like. They're, they're, the whole model is broken. The idea was great. The game itself is fun. The story they tell is good. But man, get rid of the multiplayer shit. Don't worry about it. Focus on a great single-player story. That's what Spider-Man successfully did. Great single-player experience. And yeah, make it a team-up element. But make it to where you can switch between your Avengers in any one battle at any point. You know, make it to where because it's fun as shit to play as different Avengers in the game. That's why the grinding for me, at least to some regard, is acceptable because you get to go through levels as multiple different characters. So you experience it differently. But that gets boring after a time. You got to move on from that and do something better. So my hope is, is that if they go for an Avengers 2 or something, all these issues will be straightened out. They'll either decide to completely get rid of multiplayer or... Or if they're going to bring it, they'll bring it the right way and uh, do it right. But, yeah, I haven't been playing Avengers for the past month. The only thing is is that with that big of a loss, there's probably not going to be a lot of encouragement to do another one. because that's I, a- I doubt I doubt we'll see another one. Just like, you know, it, it would be a miracle if we saw an Anthem 2. Yes. You know, especially with, with all the money that BioWare and EA is spending on making and trying to breathe uh, life back into the game. I'm really gra- glad that you brought up Anthem because to me, you know, I haven't played either game, but I've watched a lot of gameplay of both of them. And obviously, you know, the gameplay is not the same, yeah. but there's a lot of similar elements. And if you were Square Onyx or Square Enix, however you want to say it, how could you, how could you look at Anthem? How could you not look at Anthem? You know, the the always multiplayer, big looter shooter that was one of the biggest flops in gaming history, and then take a uh you make Kamala Khan your main character of your story and then make it multiplayer focused. No one wants to buy that. 
That's why I didn't buy it. You make you make Spider-Man a Sony exclusive for a game that no one's going to buy. I, I just it's poor business decisions. It doesn't make any sense. When I, I mean, I will say I think that Kamala being the main character was maybe the best decision they made because it gives access to people who don't know a lot about her and it drives you to be more interested in the character, especially on the heels of the fact that they're filming Miss Marvel right now, as we're talking Kamala Khan series is filming. So it's like, again, they're trying to channel up and strum up interest in a character that they know could hit the market and be successful. And they're just testing it on a smaller scale in their game. So I, I mean, that was one decision they did well, I thought. They chose poorly because if if you spend a couple hours reading through uh, any media related to the game, there's a lot of people complaining that they picked Kamala Khan because people don't want to play as characters that they don't know about. They want to play as established characters that they do know about. That's part of the reason why Spider-Man sold so well and not insert random obscure superhero. You know, You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, it sounds insensitive and it's kind of shitty, but uh, I want to consume Spider-Man and Captain America and Black Widow. Make Black Widow the main character. More people would have enjoyed that, I think. So here's the thing. It's almost the same thing that we were talking about with Mandalorian just a little while ago about how, how different beats will hit for different people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, I don't know a lot about the character, so I'm not that interested or, 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 or invested. And, you know, to Nate's point, yeah, he does know more than 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 I do. So he is more interested in getting getting to play as this character. And it would, for example, per, if it did hit, it would help in in creating interest in a new character. But look at how they were able to do it within the movies. Uh, maybe not one hundred percent, but look at what they were able to do. They were able to make uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow interesting characters on their own, to where eventually they are getting their own thing, right? But what, but, but what did they do? They surrounded them by the characters who were a little bit more, uh, like, I guess, A-tier. I mean, at that point, I mean, they made Iron Man A-tier. You know, Thor, they had a movie. They, they, they built up these characters, Iron Man, Captain, and Thor, and you know, who were, who were long-time bigger uh, and more involved characters. More people know about them than they know about Black Widow or Hawkeye. And they tagged in Hawkeye and Black Widow with them. And they got to, we got to we be introduced to these characters as, as, as a side character and to the point that they grew into their own entity. Mm-hmm. And that could have been done for this. Well, when I first saw the first trailer and the first gameplay thing, I was hyped. Yeah, I saw you them. You and I both were. I saw them, you know, I saw everything uh, from that and I was hyped. The more that, as it got closer, I was less. So I, so, so. I actually kind of uh, join you, Tyler, and agreeing with you that if the fl- like, it's almost kind of it's kind of like a bait and switch because yeah, they do set up the story of kind of bringing the team back together, and they do task that with this character who a lot of fans uh, aren't as familiar with, and that it may be more interesting to be like coming out of the gate playing as a playing as a character that you really want to play as. Uh, other, other than somebody else, and then they 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 put so much time and effort into the multiplayer stuff. And as Nate said, they have so many patches, so many patches, so many patches. And to tie that in and back in what we said about Anthem, when you release an an online focused game that doesn't hit, you have a very small window of time because when people 
and it, and to some extent, it, like it works the same way if they get early access to a single player game that isn't actually up to snuff either, because first impressions are everything nowadays. When when, when people buy a game, they they expect to buy at, at least a somewhat finished product, mm-hmm. and Bioware has not done that in the last two re- two releases that they've had, and and nope. that, and that's why I mentioned Matt because uh, uh, I mentioned. Uh, uh, Andromeda. I want to mention Andromeda because a lot of people got that early through EA Play and it was not ready yet. So people's first 10 hours with Andromeda were very lackluster. Meanwhile, that, that 10 hours is doesn't fully encompass what the game fully is, but also it, it features a lot of things that they ended up fixing. Well, that's cool and that's awesome. You're never going to get those people back to come Andromeda. Yeah, you're, you're, you are not going to get those people back to, to buy the game. With Anthem, it's online game. That's it. That's how you play this game. It's online. It has an offline mode, but the whole basis is for you to play this game online, just like a Destiny-ish type game, right? Mm-hmm. When you release the game and it has a lot of problems and people don't get into it, you, the odds of you turning that around to be successful are very small. And it's very expensive. It is very expensive, and you're almost more likely or should to just drop it and try again with another thing. Maybe you come back with another one and try to fix it. You know, for example, I, and I don't want to, these are definitely two different fruits and could be even, even food groups entirely, but, but the first Titanfall to the second Titanfall, you know, there's no reason to go buy the first Titanfall. Mm-mm. No, because it doesn't really have a single player aspect. It's all multiplayer. Titanfall two does. It has a single player, and it, it improved on everything. And unfortunately, uh, it didn't sell very well due to the fact of when it was released, not because of that it wasn't a good game. Um, but I, I thoroughly believe that Bioware is doing the Mass Effect thing right now to help fund them in general. And and they have to put and because they and they also have to put work into putting the Mass Effect games back out because they know that if they just go bloop, there you go, here it is. A lot of people would just be, yeah, that's cool, you know, whatever. Uh, it's Mass Effect playable on, on like a newer console. Um, but they know that if they put a little bit extra work, do a little salt and pepper, put some seasoning on that steak, you know, then people will hopefully, all right, Bioware put some work into this. And they're doing it to help fund the the Anthem restoration or the new bio or new Dragon Age. They need to repair their reputation, you know, because the thing is, their reputation has been kind of soiled, and 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 it doesn't exclusively start with the last two releases, going back to Dragon Age two or to Mass Effect three. It kind of started there, you know, and it, 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 it really goes back to an EA bottom, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, if you want to dial it back that far. But with Square, it's a shame. And unfortunately, I, I think it means it's going to be the end of that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to see another one. Uh, the they What they put 200-something million into this, and they didn't make their money back. You know, comp- you know compare it to like, you know... Warner Brothers put out Justice League and uh it like it cracked a billion but because they put 500 700 million into it you know they want to see that number doubled at least 
And so, you know, because Justice League came out when it did, and it like, hey, we're in the billion dollar club. That's cool. Uh, Warner Brothers is like, yeah, that didn't make enough money for us, even though it made them money. They, uh, they think about the the, uh, the expense of putting all that money into it, into the filming and advertising, and then uh, Avengers being development and advertising because this game had all the tools it needed to succeed, mm-hmm. and it ultimately is a, is a flop. Then well, it was just really really poor execution. Yeah, I think. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean like it's, it's very unfortunate because then turn it around and here's Insomniac. Now putting out Spider-Man Miles Morales, not even a full-blown game, and everyone's raving about it. Mm-hmm. And Miles Morales is a lesser-known character than Peter Parker, but because of more recent things, like the Into the Spider-Verse, you know, it- like the previous Spider-Man game, you're familiar with him, more familiar with him than you would be with a Kamala Khan. So, right. you know, that, the, that's what I was getting at earlier. I mean, the fact that. They didn't start off the the, the new Spider Man with, with with you being Miles Morales. It could have potentially worked because he's a little bit more known, in my opinion, as Spider Man than Kamala Khan is uh, as as, as Miss Marvel. But the fact that they laid the groundwork for it first make you more invested into Miles as a character in this universe. To that now, like. I want to go buy the game now, but I but I'm waiting because I want to experience it the way that I the way that it's supposed to be experienced. I I, I don't want to, you know, it would be like if I'm gonna go buy, um, if I'm gonna get like a like a big Philly sandwich, you know, it's like I want to get an actual big Philly. I don't just want to go to Subway and get a big Philly, right? You know, <laughs> like I don't want to eat my Philly on white. Totally. <laughs> I tell you what, some people have to, and that's fine and that's cool. I've had it; it fills me up. And it's cool, but if I know that I can get a better Philly sandwich out there, I'm gonna try and go to that first. I just related Spider-Man Miles Morales to to. Do Philly you guys know what's two sandwiches. months from today? Two months from today. Great success. Yeah. Um, what is two months? Uh, from? January fifteenth. I, I I don't know. Yeah, the seven year anniversary of Journey into Comics podcast. Oh shit! I wasn't around at the beginning. And so I don't know that Miles say that. Out. It's okay, but and it's also the release date of Wandavision. Oh yeah! Oh shit! Get yeah. Damn. Excited Wanda super soon. And check this shit out. This is the most amazing thing I just learned today. They filmed that series in front of a live studio audience. Oh, for like the sitcom feel? Yes. Yes. 100%. Wow, I didn't know that. Like, at all. How how have we not known that? Well, let's see. According to EW, which just uh, had uh, Entertainment Weekly had, you know, Ew. WandaVision on the cover, it says that WandaVision was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Much like traditional multi-camera sitcoms, the audience sat in front of the seat and reacted to the scenes in real time, causing the production to feel like a stage play at times. Of course, all the audience members in attendance had to sign very strict NDAs <laughs> as to not spoil any content of the show. Yeah, no I was going to say... Man, how like how could they possibly keep that many people quiet for, you know, what's it been in production now? Like uh, 13, 14 months? Over a year. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's fucking wild, yes. man. That's awesome. From somebody. Uh, so Elizabeth, go oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna. I was just gonna say, from somebody gonna... who likes, uh, like stage performances, like imagine being in that audience watching WandaVision. Like that's that. Like I would never. I never would put those two things together. And I think I just imagine how fucking cool that was to watch it live. Oh, for sure. For sure. Especially knowing they probably said, okay, there's where Paul Bettany is going to walk out and you're not going to notice the special effects that we get to do until post or, you know, however they did that. Cause I'm not even sure how they pulled that off, but Elizabeth Olsen said it was insanity. There was something very meta for my own life. Visit those tapings full house uh, where my sisters were working as a kid. Uh, and then Paul Bettany added, we were also high by the end of it. We wanted to keep on running the show, maybe take it on tour or something. Wanda vision on ice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it seems like even the, you know, the, the cast loved it and really wanted to, to continue doing it. Who knows? This might be a single series thing. We know it sets up, uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. We know it sets up a lot of phase four stuff. It's also going to call back to a lot of the phase one through three stuff. So I guess we're going to have to see where it goes from there, guys. Um, but Brando, I'm going to pass it back over to you because I do believe we're probably at a point now where we should be wrapping unless we've got anything else to talk. And I'm out of sync with you guys. So I think you should be the sinker of this one. <laughs> well, I, I really don't have much else to talk about. I do want to say that we, 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 we do have a list of comics that we do want to kind of get back into reviewing uh, when we're all three on here together. And I do believe that it's my turn uh, to pick uh, that, that. That's what was said before. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Nate, I said this to you privately. I haven't said this to, 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 to good old TY, but the one I want to do is actually not on the list. I actually decided I wanted to do it. And if it's okay with you guys, I was from her. God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now we're not, we're not following the list guy. No, no. Uh, this is going to be a four issue thing. I, because I, I looked it up to make sure how many of the issues there were to make sure there wouldn't like multiple ones we had to go and, and corral and do a 13 issue review for for Brando's. No, I want to do Death in the Family for Batman. Um, oh shit, yeah. And so they're getting ready to release a, an animated version of that, and uh, I don't, I don't, I know, I know the story, but I've never actually sat down and read it. So I want to do that and 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 sit down and review that week by week with you guys. I'm all about it. I will track those down and make them visible to you guys as soon as possible. Absolutely. Hell yeah. And um, uh, like a little bit inside stuff is like, cause I, I mentioned that stuff is changing on, on a constant basis. Uh, well, not constant, but now things have kind of changed for me. Uh, Sundays are still good for me. If it is for you guys, I know TY, you're going to be working a lot going forward so we're going to try and be as as as, as pliable i guess as we can because as we've said we want to do the the comic reviews but if possible we don't want to do them without everybody involved because that's not as fun right my my work schedule going forward is basically every saturday and sunday until march until march like, boy that sucks <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean you got to think though really that's not that far out sure the, the month of the month of november is almost over i know December's going to be crazy for me anyway because of shutdown. It's not going to be as crazy for you, but... Uh, well, and see, it makes you wonder with everything that's kind of going on uh, uh, health-wise. 
in the world and in, in, in separate states. We don't know how what that's going to befall us because I've heard several rumors that I'm not going to say here live on the air for anybody, but I've heard a lot of stuff kind of going around the uh, uh, like the old well. So uh, we're definitely going to try and get this because here's the thing, guys. We did a live stream today for the live audience. Had a few people kind of checking in and out, and, and, and I know we don't do this on a consistent basis because our record time is so much in flux because we want to get yeah. all of us together as, as often as we can when we can and sometimes that is or is not possible i'm also working on a solution for a recording space that isn't here that isn't also around the kids so that that is also in flux for me i'm going to try and get that now uh, uh nailed down and dialed in as soon as i possibly can but i got nothing else guys if that's all for you uh no i'm good when we when we do finish i, I want to talk about it. those rumors Okay. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I, you know, it, it's perfectly timed because I just got a uh, uh, message to ask if we are in fact completed because we are nearing, nearing the breaking point. I'm, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, Nate, if you want to, I will wrap it up here for the show. Um, we want to thank each and every one of you guys for, for listening to the show tuning in wherever you do. Of course, we did a live stream. So check us out and like us on the on that Facebook. Occasionally, we pop up with a live stream. And if we're not live, we do a sneak peek every single Sunday. It might not be always at 6. <laughs> it might be at 9 or 10 or whenever it gets done. But we always try to put the episode up early there for all of our Facebook fans uh, to get the episode and watch along because we do a video version that's up on YouTube as well. Uh, and the, it goes live there, but we're on podcast services all around the world. And search us out on your favorite one, and uh, search Journey to Comics Network. You'll find Journey. Net- you'll find that. You'll find all the other podcasts that are on the network as well. A part of that feed. It goes back a long ways. Uh, and if you, of course, all those feeds that kind of cut off at some point. So head over to journeytocomics.com, where everything is archived by our archivist, the Podfather. He has put everything in a in a cool little neat. It's all segmented into. Uh, a lot of different stuff, so a lot of different shows, a lot of cool stuff to tickle your fancy. Uh, if that is it, my friends, this has been Trinity Comics, episode three twenty. Oh yeah. Um, what are we gonna call this sucker? We never we, we, like nothing has actually jumped out to me as an absolute name. Um, I wanted something with the prices right because that was a part of the thing, and mixed with <laughs> the other shit we were talking about. But I'm not <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, um. Uh, Yes, because uh, no episode title was, was, was jumping out to me. Um, I don't know. I, I, I got nothing. I was hoping Good old-fashioned would... TBD. <laughs> to be determined. Okay. <laughs> Good old-fashioned TBD. So until next time, I've been Brando. I've been T.Y. And I've been Nate. And as always, pop your caps. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not editing it. We're not doing it again. That's perfect. <laughs>